0: This is the FM Evolution Podcast, brought to you by CGP Maintenance and Construction Services, bringing you trends, innovations, and advancement of the facility management universe. Welcome to the evolution. Here's Sean Black. What's up, guys? It's Sean Black in FM Evolution, and welcome... To episode 17. In this episode, we're sitting down with Jen Robinson, the CEO of CGP Maintenance and Construction Services, Inc., and we're gonna be talking about the psychology of a successful team. Now, that is such a very relevant topic right now. I have talked to a lot of different entrepreneurs, VPs, CEOs, and their team in getting them to grow and be successful and keeping them on board is such a critical, critical part of serving their clients at a higher level. And it doesn't matter if you are on the vendor side or if you're on the client side or you're a restaurateur or you're working in hospitality, you need to have a very strong team. And in order to do that, you've got to understand who works for you. And this is a great episode for that. So stay tuned. You don't want to miss this. But before that, here's a word from our sponsor. Did you know that CGP Maintenance and Construction Services are also commercial plumbers? They offer everything from clearing drains, camera work, and grease trap repairs to full repipes and dig-ups. So when your brand needs commercial plumbing, remember to call CGP. They're ready to be on-site 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. One call will do it all. Call them today at 858-454-7326. Or on the web at cgpconstruction.com. Reach out today. Welcome to FM Evolution. I'm your host, Sean Black. Today I'm here with our CEO, Jim Robinson. Man, welcome to the show. Hey. Who? You said Matt? No, Jim. What, Matt. No, Jim who? Robinson. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Great to be here. Hey, you're welcome. I'm I'm of course excited to have you on the show. Just because not because you're just our CEO, but also our sponsor of the show. And and you always bring a lot of information and, uh, and, and help to people out there. So I wanted to kind of go cover a couple of things. We've been talking a lot about company cultures and kind of what it takes to make a good team run. And so I really want to cover the psychology of a successful team with you. And so if you could kind of bring us into that actually tell us a little bit more about like your experience first like so people if they don't know who you are um
1: well i believe i'm here to serve other people i i wake up knowing that i i have to make sure i'm taking care of somebody else Mm. Uh, i believe that it's in my core it's in my core value system um that's what I spend my day doing is how I can serve somebody and, and advance them to their next level, whether it's growth, education, an opportunity, help them seize an opportunity. That's really what I do every day.
0: Yeah. You've been doing that for a long time. My entire career.
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, I was, a, I was a kid and I was stupid like everybody else starts yeah. out at 22, 23. It clicked for me and I realized at that moment you get nowhere Unless you help everyone else get somewhere,
0: yeah, it's true.
1: And it's uh, when that clicked for me, life changed, company changed, the dynamics, the culture, everything shifted. So that uh, that realization was an imperative moment.
0: I thought it'd be really good for knowing your background to kind of talk about what it takes for a leader to engage their team and and the psychology behind that. And so, you know, tell us a little bit about. Like, how do you approach that? Because I know there's, all, there's, it's a big subject.
1: Yeah, and it's, uh, well, we're in a business that's, uh, one, it's in high demand, and, two, it's, uh, it's a kind of a negative business. It's a common sense business, as I like to refer to it as. So you, you really have to research and find common sense guided people. Yeah. Uh, whether it's at the management level, the dispatching level, or in the field, it's really a, a, a common sense base, uh, so they have to be mechanically in kind and they got to know those things. So uh, culturally, starting out front uh, on the hiring process, uh, having a clear criteria, check the boxes basically. Do they meet sure. that criteria? And that's imperative. If they meet those boxes and they check the boxes and you do all of the, everything you can possibly do to investigate and find out who they are, sit down and have what I like to refer to as a very unorthodox interview process.
0: Yes, I remember.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've always done it that way because I think that you can get people to open up the dialogue is vastly different versus a very structured, rigid system. Yeah. Yes, there's a place for some of the the, the rigidity and how you how you go through that, but it's important that you simply meet with them, have a have an open conversation. As you know, we do second conversations or second interviews usually yeah. at a coffee house. Yep. And it's really an unorthodox way, but we need to meet the people. We believe in family first. We want you to be part of our family when you come here. Culturally, that's really important. I'm going to spend time with you Agreed. Uh, and bring people in. And and once you fit the family, we don't want you to leave because yeah. it's like having a new brother, sister, cousin, aunt, and uncle. Once you get in, we want you to be in. Crazy cousin. Crazy cousin. <laughs> yeah, that. keep it at that. Let's, let's change that up. I remember
0: an old Elvis movie. Forget that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean... What do you think it takes to really, I mean, obviously doing this unorthodox interviews gives you some insight, right? Because everyone's needs, their personal needs are a little bit different.
1: Yeah. it's understanding their needs is, uh, as I say, it's a critical thing. And I've personally held on to people for two, three years, and I end up becoming the problem as to why their career isn't advancing. I recognize that. I see that. I believe managers are the issue. Uh, I think in failures or successes, I think they're part of that, yeah, a big part of that. I think it's important to understand the needs of the individual, and there's yeah. no two alike. Yep, um, it's true. If you look at their needs, you know what do they truly, what do they really need? It, it could be simply giving them fifty bucks on a Friday cash here, go have a nice, you know, yeah. steak dinner. Heck yeah, it's, it can be super simple like that, and you can connect with them and meet their needs. Uh, I always say there's there's usually an opportunity and it happens it's not something that you look at or target or focus on, but there's an emotional opportunity to connect to an employee at whatever level whatever thing happens to come up but you've got be very you got to be very in tune with that, and you've got to see when that's happening, you have to go all in you have to be there to support them as a leader mm-hmm. of the company. You have to know everybody that's on your team, and you have to learn those needs, and there is no to
0: it like. I read a great book one time uh, by Jack Welch, and he was very clear about getting underneath the skin of your employees and really getting to know them. But that's not the easiest thing to do all the time, right? Certainly not easy, and you get a lot of resistance
1: because people in general want to grow at their pace, mm-hmm. not at the pace that a business or a, an opportunity may arise that would demand a faster pace of growth. Yeah. Uh, people all have different paces in which they would grow, uh, and you have to be a, you have to be observant of that. But getting under the skin, as Jack Welch would say, is you do have to be that pest on them sometimes, and you have to take them on a journey that they may not really want to go on. Yeah, but it's necessary to take them there. For one, they fulfill their own needs. They they meet their own needs. They meet their family needs, and the growth that they can experience when you continually. Bug them, yeah, literally be yeah. that that uh, that itch is you really really have an opportunity to expand them, and by doing so, you emotionally connect to these people, all of them I say these people, it's everybody that's within you know the family, and it's uh, stretching them, making them who they are is you're only being a part of the influence because everything they need is already in them, yeah, and I, mm. I believe that they know it and you are the bug that kind of pulls it out of them. Yeah. Cuz they know where they're at. They know their career, they know their their
0: position, they know where they want to go. They don't know how to get there sometimes. How do you know that? Like how's what does that look like? How do you how do you determine the needs of your employees cuz everyone's a little bit different. I know you have to ask some questions, but you gotta one. You gotta engage them. Yeah.
1: You talk to somebody long enough, you start. It, it evolves. You may not be in the first conversation, and it may take you a, a year or two to figure out everything mm-hmm. that needs to be done. Uh, there, it, it's a process. It, it's a journey. Uh, you don't get to go from I met you and now you're at a level ten and full understanding of them. Yes, you can have some basic understandings, but to really engage them, it takes frequency. It takes luncheons, coffee hours, dinners. It takes those opportunities. And we all hit an emotional low sometimes. A dog died, a cat died, a, yeah. an aunt, an uncle. There's a sickness in the family, personal sickness, individual. It, being there for those moments, that creates an emotional connection. People will open up when they're emotionally connected to you, and you're going to hear things that sometimes you don't want to hear. A little surprise. You hear surprises, some yeah. things that are rough, and it only draws you closer because you too are having that same emotional connection sure. to them. And that's why we say family first. It's family knows everything about everybody for the most part, and uh, I think that's just important. Treat them like a human. Treat them like a, a human. Just treat them the golden rule, right? Treat <laughs> that's them right. you want to be treated and better. Treat them like you would treat your
0: great-grandmother. So, That's a perfect one. That's a perfect one, actually. Uh, I've heard that before. Um, how do you address the needs of people at different levels? Because, like you said, like we have technicians, right? And then we have middle management, executive management. Everyone's a little bit different. I mean, we all have basic needs, but... like. On those different levels, do you see them as a little bit different, their needs as well?
1: Yeah, their needs could be vastly different. If you get into uh, generational, yeah, you get into generations. So Gen X, I always say I'm the end of the baby boomer era. Even though my age doesn't necessarily fit baby boomer, I feel like I was raised and hung out with that age group. So yeah. I really my core is really kind of that work ethic. Uh, Gen Xers, Gen Ys. Millennials, you know all the all the uh, proverbial names that we come up with, but the reality is, is it, it's still a connection process. There's a there's a work ethic that's behind each one of those different generations. Uh, figuring that out, um, the biggest hot thing has been the millennial, right? And that keeps coming
0: up a lot. People are talking about yeah, that. yeah,
1: it's the generation me or really generation me. Yep. you know millennial, whatever you want to paraphrase or call that, but it it's really some people go into they're not going to work and that's simply not a reality it's not, yeah. it's, not a, it's, it's just such a fallacy to actually believe that or even make that statement i think that millennials work in a more creative way um they want to work less, so they get more creative and they do more in a, in a shorter period of time in some cases but they need to be led on that path they need to be inspired to follow that path and they need they need more downtime Uh, as opposed to somebody that's a workaholic by nature as myself, baby boomer era. Um, I believe that that's in my core. I can work 15, 16 hours a day. It's kind of nothing. You won't get millennials to do that at a, at a very effective level. They need to remain connected social media wise. They have to be connected. Uh, you deprive that and you literally destroy them in their actual career path. It's kind of a, kind of a weird journey, but they, they're creative mindsets. They're actually more creative than we of the baby boomer yeah. era. Uh, and they see things very differently in a career path. But I think if you
0: support that, they, they start on fire. They literally become amazing. I feel like, I mean, I I know we are, we're obligated to, you know, like my generation created those millennials, yeah. know, the Gen Xers. We created those millennials. Yes. we have Now we can't just sit back and go, ah, crap. You know, we have to do something about it. We have to lead them.
1: Yeah. I I like to say, too, that, you know, if you look at the horseshoe of life, if, you you know, the birth and the death, everybody goes on that same pattern. Yeah. Is I like to say that the millennials are actually changing us. Uh, Sure. the, The millennials, the Gen Xers of today, the Gen Ys, is they're actually shifting the older generation into a better belief system and expanding how we see things. Uh, which I think is imperative to business. you got to remain playful and youthful if you're going to succeed in business. If you
0: are going to succeed, I think that's critical. It,
1: it's imperative. And so I, I think having that opportunity with those people around us, those people being the millennials or others, is it, it it reverts back to us. We're not truly expanding them. We're giving them a platform to expand, and they actually
0: expand us. We often talk about the six human basic needs, right? And going through and kind of comparing Gen Xers, I mean, everyone's needs are different. It just, it just is. And I don't think you can really group them all together and say, hey, millennials you know, need certainty more than anything else in their lives. You know, I don't think it's fair. But knowing that the groups are different and just getting in there, it's, it's got to be a challenge to be able to mold and lead those people individually, too. Just knowing those needs, understanding them.
1: Well, understanding business. One thing in business that you must provide as a leader or even a management role is you have to provide a very secure, very certain path forward, and the clarity in in role, the clarity positionally what their what what the expectations are adds that security, it it adds that certainty and that path forward. Everybody wants to add certainty, whether it's a roller coaster, it's a it's a car ride or motorcycle ride down the highway at a hundred. It's you're still looking for a level of certainty. We all have the ability to add that. We add certainty in really uncertain situations and that smooths it out and it helps us get through that next hurdle. Uh understanding that millennials if we stereotype millennial they're, they're not looking for certainty at all. They, no. They're actually the opposite. They actually like the journey. They like the adventure. That's true, I think. And the critical key, thing is is significance. They really want to be significant in their space, and it doesn't matter positionally. They still need to be very significant. And there's ways you can engage them for that. You can ask them to speak. You can ask them to teach. You can ask them to create. And if they're doing that, they feel significant. And that certainly
0: will add certainty to them. Exactly. And And that changes. That's key, right? Is understanding that process will be able to get the best out of them for them, you know, to really help them grow and develop, giving them the certificates to help them drive yeah things for worse. sure you got to keep everybody including ourselves
1: you got to keep that sweet spot not complacency but a little bit of uncertainty what's next mm. the, the roller coaster ride of business is volatile some days some days it's very peaceful that's the journey that i set out on 35 years ago creating this business is i enjoyed the roller coaster i enjoyed the rush the hunt the ability to solve problems uh, be able to get into a facility and figure out why. Why is one side of the building sadly, and why is the other side not? Why is the plumbing leaking? Why is it electrical problem? You know, figuring those things out. Yeah, that's the that's the magic hunt in business for me. And we have put a business around that model. What do you common think, sense business? What do you think is your biggest with
0: you know being a leader and and managing the psychology of a, of a successful team? What is your biggest challenge in doing that? Biggest challenge. <clears throat> the biggest challenge is
1: that mirror that I have to look in every day. Okay, yeah. Uh, I'm the biggest challenge I have. It's uh, my leadership responsibility is to engage people and figure out how they how they go or how they work, how they move forward. And I have to look in that mirror several times a day in some cases because frustration comes up that I'm not getting what I need from somebody or the client may not get exactly what they need. It's the mirror approach. We use that term around here a lot it's uh when we have a failure we got to look in the mirror and i have to do that every morning before i get started what do i have to shift what do i have to change to engage mary susie johnny for the day because i haven't been making headway there i've held on to people four five six years and i'm the problem all along and they've i've let them not thrive and that's that's on me that's squarely on me and that's usually how we separate i say i'm very sorry i've held you back from being your best, I'm just not a great leader or a great fit for you. It's time we move on. And to this day, I I'm still very much connected to several people that have been with us and moved and on, and, yeah. and did something else, went a different
0: way because I just wasn't a good fit for them. Is that hard? Is that hard? To, you know, because you want to help everyone, and you you want to you want to feel like yeah, you know what, I'm a good leader. I can do this. I can help Susie Q. I can make this happen for him. And then it's hard to make that decision going, yeah, I'm not the best person for that.
1: Growing into a leader, one of the things that will make you a leader is the basic understanding is you're not capable of doing all things. We all start out on a journey of a career and we just, I got this, I can do all these things. Uh, The greatest eye-opening for me in my early 20s was there is zero chance I can do all of these things. So the mirror effect for me is, is can I or can I not, and if I cannot, then who am I recruiting to be the can, and acknowledging what I can't do, uh, delegating it to the person that can do, and as a team, it's a done deal. So I think recognizing that and making sure that we have the right people in the game, that's really critical. Leaders are certainly not all-knowing. They're not even the smartest in the group. Not not uh, always, hey, for sure. Don't, don't be poking jabs at this guy. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think I think it's imperative. It's yeah. just really critical that uh, as a, you're not a leader actually until right. you can actually face those types. Of, at least that's my belief. And it's uh, it's getting the right people in the game because the team is going to win. That yes, I'm great at one or two things. Other people are great at one or two things. But as a as a team, we're team. great at ten or fifteen things. And
0: that's that's true leadership, inspiring those other people to actually be their best. I think that's key, where that the psychology of that of having a successful team really comes into play of, is knowing what the strengths are of your team members and then pairing them up together. And, it's critical. Know. Yeah, that that creates the team. If you have
1: everybody that is great at just one thing, the Whoa. whole team is great at one thing. One thing only. It's like I wouldn't say the Padres, but. A, a baseball. <laughs> sorry, I <a> love <little> <laughs> but a baseball team. I mean, they play baseball, right? That entire team. That's all they're going to do is yeah. play baseball. It's that's not how it is in business. It's you got to diversify what you have, and it's uh, you got to make sure you're hiring to fill those roles.
0: Well, I think we could go on actually for a lot longer. And in fact, what we're going to do is on this show is I want to have you back at least once a month because there's just so many subjects to cover. I hope you can come back. I think I can be available. (laughs) Get this thing done. (laughs) Well, Jim, thank you so much for being on the show. I really, really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to having you on next time. And until then, you guys, don't forget to subscribe and like. And we'll see you at the next show. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Thanks.